Moxley at All Out. You can't break my bones. You can't drink my blood because I, we are Chicago. He's about to make it official, guys. He's getting ready to sign it. This is nuts. Putting pen to paper. This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz, and from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He just wants a taste. Give him a taste of the titles. Of course, Jay Hood. And we are very excited because later in today's program, we are going to be joined by the one, the only, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard. He is joining GKW to help us preview everything coming up with AEW and All Out. And speaking of which, guys, we now have our main events. It was the main event that was rumored, the one that Dave Meltzer kept reporting on since we got the angle last Wednesday on Dynamite that was still going to be Punk Moxley. And that's indeed what we have. Punk comes, uh, excuse me, Mox comes out last night, starts, has an open contract, um, ends up being CM Punk, who takes that open contract after a uh, talking to from his buddy backstage from Ace Steel. And I, so here's, here's, I guess, I'll, I'll just dive in here and, and, and see what you guys have to say about this. So one of our main complaints about AEW is, hey, great wrestling, still need to learn to tell some great stories. Not that they haven't told great stories. There have been some, but consistently they just haven't been there. And initially, it looked like the main event for All Out was just going to be a title unification, be a good wrestling match. And I don't know if you necessarily needed a good story behind it because Punk was so fresh off the injury, it's not like you had a lot of time to build to anything. So, you know... Tip of the cap to Tony Khan and the crew for trying to tell some sort of story for their main event for All Out. That being said, if this is the story you wanted to tell, it needed more time. Because doing some big comeback, to me, rings hollow and empty when you're only doing it in a week's time. Well, based on what Tony Khan said in his uh, media call earlier today, guys, he says that a lot of all of this last minute booking for All Out was all predicated on injuries and who's available and who's not. And he said a lot over the last couple of weeks, we're going to have the strongest roster we've ever had. And the reason why is because now you're starting to see guys come off of injury. That includes Kenny Omega. And now we see uh, CM Punk. So the story I suppose that they're telling is, is that CM Punk loses the championship in five minutes or less against John Moxley in Cleveland in front of what you would consider, you know, Moxley's uh, Ohio natives, his Ohio people, bro. It's. And so we get back to Chicago for a dynamite. And the whole thing with Ace Steel, to me as a Chicagoan, it had my heart pumping because it made you feel, right? I mean, just the way it came across, Ace Steel tells CM Punk, you actually can do it. And I think that that solves everything and all the question marks we've had about this event. And now we're going to ultimately see it, see CM Punk win the championship in front of his hometown. At least that's what we think is going to happen. There could be a swerve with MJF, but we never know. All I'm saying is, is that Tony Khan says the reason why that all of this was so haphazard and so scattershot is because of 
he wasn't sure who's going to be available and who's not. Kind of like Forbidden Door, same way. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think from a business standpoint, this all worked for AEW. Last week, you get a title match, you pop a million in the rating. This week, it's, hey, what's going to main event this weekend? You pop a million again. So from a business standpoint, I think it worked from AEW. But to your point, Gabe, I agree. From a wrestling fan and an investment from the storyline perspective, it didn't work for me. Like, we could have gotten to this point and not had that match last week. You could have found another way where Mox beats down Punk and he still needs that talking to. Jay Hood, you've talked a lot about being inside. Like, Ace Steel's a name I've seen a bunch. I had no idea who that was last night. They said that. Like, oh, that's what that man looks like. Like, that was so inside that you're like, okay, like, great. Like, he dropped an F-bomb. Whoa, look at that. But, like, from a storyline, like, I don't want to see this. And, yes, ultimately, this probably protects both of them. Like, it's 1-1. One, one, you go your separate ways, and you do it that way. But it just isn't doing it for me. Like, I'm not excited to see this main event on Sunday. No, I think you could have told some sort of st similar story of CM Punk. It, to me, the way you tell the story, you didn't need to have the match. The, like, the squash match, to me, is what throws this whole thing off. Right. Because you didn't need to do it. Like, you didn't need to unify the titles then. You could have easily told some sort of story of, you know, CM Punk, you know, doing a warm-up match. Okay, I want to get one match under my belt before I have to unify the titles with Mox. So he goes over, you know, some lesser talent. But at the same time, like, oh, man, my foot isn't there. I don't know if I can do it. Mox's been so dominant. And you can build up Mox that way as this monster and then still put CM Punk over if you want. The fact that Mox went over in three minutes or less and now less than two weeks later is likely to lose the title. Like it, I, I've said this before, like the, the whole predication here it, uh, of professional wrestling is me being able to suspend my disbelief on a certain amount of things like Mox being that dominant two weeks ago and then having to drop the title like that just doesn't that doesn't seem to add up to me. Well, to that point, Gabe, I'll add a different yeah. element. Like, you could have done that punk match against someone else and had him lose. Like, had the same situation, but he loses to, you know, an Andrade. And he's like, man, I really had this doubt. I don't think my foot's 100%. And then you still get the same stuff last night where Mox's like, yeah, you don't have what it takes to beat me. Like, it would have done the same stuff, and then someone else gets a bump also, someone like an Andrade. Well, I, you know, well, a couple of things. One is that if punk and Moxley don't happen in Cleveland – do they get their million fans plus? Probably, no, probably not. not. No, probably, probably not. Probably not. Because you guys, because it's what you just mentioned in the open. Like they were able to draw a number with Dynamite, and they've struggled to try to get that number. So they got a million plus for that matchup. Four minutes or not, it happened. The other side of it is, it's like, what if? And again, all three of us don't know. I have not asked. I have not called. What if Moxley would not drop the title unless he was actually the undisputed champion first? Sure. There's always business that way too, which is terrible. Because whatever Tony Khan said should be the end. But if there's like a Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart thing going on where Mox is like, you know, I've always been the champion. I'm not interim. And and, and says, okay, well, I'll drop the title to you in Chicago. But you, I got to beat you on TV. That could have happened too. I, I, and I would agree with you that it, didn't, it shouldn't be that way. But the thing we don't know is, is that the way the business went, where Moxley had to win in Ohio in order for CM Punk to win again. We assume that CM Punk is going to win on Sunday. Right. Yeah. We assume, right? Mm -hmm. But 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 here's the thing: if he does not win, if he does not win in Chicago, you could be uh, killing the town. You could have a you could have a problem where Chicago's like, 
we're gonna riot if our, if my guy doesn't win the championship. You, Which, you could hey, you you come here three times this week, and if Punk doesn't come out as a champion, this city will burn. Well, I'm just telling that, you. That, well, that, that but that's the thing, right? Like they use Chicago a lot. You know, yeah. the, the AEW, like Chicago is, I know they, they were at Daly's place and there's the Jacksonville Jaguars tie with, with the cons and all that. But for all intents and purposes, Chicago's the home of AEW. Like the way that they use it in terms of how often they go there. So if you're talking about doing business, if you're talking about doing, you know, like, okay, that's why they had to do what they did with Mox. Maybe that's why they did so they could pop a million rating. Like you got to put CM Punk over because otherwise, yeah, good luck going back to Chicago and selling out all the arenas that you have sold out over the last calendar year. But that didn't make Mox even more legit. Like, if Mox beats him again and it's another quick match, like, do you look at Mox different in that situation? Like, all right, like, this is their guy. This is who they're putting everything behind right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it just it seems to me that Moxley is firmly entrenched with AEW. If he does drop the championship, I can see him winning it again. I, I do believe that. I think he could have like three or four more reigns as champion if he wanted to. Does he fit the WWE mold? Probably not right now, but he's more, to me, he's more of an AEW guy than a WWE guy at any well, time. To me. Yeah, that's be- well, that's because he bleeds every match. Like, they're not going to let him bleed that much over at WWE. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, open yourself up the hard way the way he does by headbutton things. Not until Cody comes back. <laughs> hey, it's been two weeks point. in a row with no mox blood. So I mean, you gotta cut the guy a break. It's been two weeks in a row now. Yeah, I mean, but it, he didn't have a match. He only had two promos this week. So you know, although you know, who knows? I mean, after he came out fired up for that second promo, he could have headbutted a, a ring post and like made himself bleed. And I don't think anybody would have would have been too shocked. Um, Guys, so I don't know. I don't know about you, but when wrestling's right, wrestling makes you feel. When you watch a movie or when you watch a TV show. And all of a sudden, you live vicariously through that character where you feel like that you're there. I felt, even though I didn't go to Dynamite last night, I felt like I was there. Only because CM Punk talks a totally different language than maybe everyone else because he's from here, because he's from Chicago. Man, just to watch him and talk about Chicago and the way he came across, to me, it was it was pretty powerful because, you know, A. Steel comes out there and... We in the city kind of know who he is as an independent guy. And so I knew who he was when he came out there. I know the nation didn't know, but I knew who he was. I knew that they used to be a tag team together. And then when I see see him and slapping Punk across the face, I'm like, wow. So we got two instances this week of making you feel. The Punk promo made me feel like, yeah, you know, pride for the city and pride for him, feeling like he can win the championship. And then, of course, the Rollins-Riddle promo as well. Where it's like, man, if you if if you're Matt Riddle, that's as real as it gets. Yep. If you're Riddle and you allow that to happen, I felt for him. Like you want to talk about my my kids and my divorce, uh, my divorce on TV. It made you feel something when you watched it to, this week. See, I agree with Monday, but last night, and maybe it's because you're Chicago centric. Like, it didn't do anything for me. Like to me, it felt so forced because we've seen real emotion from Punk, whether it be dropping the title or some of the other stuff. Like, it felt so just forced last night where I'm like, ah, like, all right, this is a little long. It's a little uncomfortable. Like, I didn't have that feeling. There was nothing last night from any of those promos. The first Mox one was really good, mainly because I was intrigued by, like, okay, who's going to sign the contract? But after that, the other two are just like, all right, whatever. Like, we're going to have it again on Sunday. Punk's going to win. And again, there might be a swerve, but I think at this point, it's probably safe to assume Punk's winning on Sunday. This is nitpicking. 
But I think I would have liked to see someone backstage try to get the contract away from Ace Steel. Like, yeah. come on, like he was just sitting back there for an hour. You're telling me there's nobody right. else back there that'd be interested in signing an open contract for the AEW championship? Just, you know, a couple of things backstage of him having to, you know, avoid a couple people and still being able to get it out to Punk. You mean like Nick Nemeth? Right. Like, <laughs> hey, I got the contract, guys. Hey, I'm Hollywood Huck. I'm out. I got the contract. Would you want him? You want him to have it? Want him? I mean, I was, you know, I, I was thinking more of Peter Avalon, but you know, hey, whichever oh. one that was out there, you know, one, uh, one of those two, one of those two warm. certainly would have been worth uh, going after. All right, so that's clearly the top story, but so many things to talk about because we've got two pay-per-views. One from each major promotion coming up this weekend, part of Labor Day weekend. Let's go ahead and get into our three count, the other top three stories going out in the world of professional wrestling. All right, guys, we'll bounce around a little bit, starting with those two shows. Saturday, WWE Clash at the Castle, 1 o'clock show. AEW All Out comes your way Sunday from Chicago, which, according to some, is an A-town. So we will see 10 total title matches this weekend. How many title changes will we see overall? All the shows? Yep. Over the whole weekend, those yeah, two shows, weekend. 10 total. You got three on the WWE side and right. then 10, or sorry, seven on seven. the AEW side. So just, just so we get all those out there, the three for Clash of the Castle are Reigns McIntyre for the undisputed WWE World Cham- uh, Universal Championship, uh, Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and Gunther versus Sheamus for the IC. Uh, at All Out, as part of the pre-show, Pack versus Kip Sabian for the All-Atlantic title. Hook versus Angelo Parker for the FTW. Um, we do have, I mean, I guess there are going to be, there's going to be a new women, you know, women's champion that's going to be crowned. There's going to be new trios champs that are going to be crowned. But also an actual title up for grab situation where you have a defending champion. Jade versus Athena for the TBS. Uh, Swerve in our glory versus Acclaimed for the tag. And Punk versus Moxley for the AEW World Championship. Okay, so I have I have two plus the trios. I have two. I have two. So I guess that would be three. So I I imagine CM Punk is going to win the yep. AEW Championship. But then again, you never know. MJF is still that wild card. Like I don't expect him to be like in the casino battle. Room. I don't yeah. expect him to be. I don't think he should be in that. I don't see that. Well, but the, I expect winner- him to be there on. The winner of that does get a world championship opportunity. Yeah. I and saw they, trending last night with Samoa Joe. Some people speculating he might be the, the Joker, as they're calling him. Sure. Uh, I expect Punk to win. And I, and is it just me? I know we got to talk about this at some point. Guys, they put a lot of video and a lot of effort into the McIntyre build. A lot. It, it may, I mean – can, are they going to go all the way overseas and that guy's going to drop the title like he's in Norwalk, Connecticut? <laughs> seriously? Like, is he going to – I mean, seriously. I mean, they put a lot – it makes me believe. Bro, bro, I'm watching this, and I'm seeing this stuff on, on Twitter, and I'm seeing this on TV. They're going out of their way to make you believe that McIntyre is going to beat Roman Reigns. I agree, but, like, part of me is still, like, 4 o'clock Eastern on a Saturday, the first college football Saturday of the year, like – I don't see that being when the Roman Reigns uh, like reign finally comes to an end. If it happens, like again, one of those things that you can throw on top of talking yourself into McIntyre going over in Cardiff. Right. Like there has been a lot of sympathy for Drew that he never got that moment in front of fans mm-hmm. that he was yes. that he was champ and he did a hell of a job being the champ during the Thunderdome era when there weren't any fans to actually watch the product live. And 
they want him to be able to have that moment. Well, what better moment could you have when you're in your home continent? When you're taking on, you know, like there are a lot of people there to see you because you are the drawing superstar in that part of the world. So I could, but at the same time, it just doesn't make sense to me for Roman Reigns to be dropping to Drew McIntyre at this point. I hope Drew gets that opportunity to be champ in front of fans and get that moment. I I don't think that moment happens though on Saturday afternoon. So how many then? How many titles drop? How Um, how often do we see the confetti in Chicago? (laughs) So we for did, AEW, I have one. Like I think not, it's just Punk. I'm going to say Acclaimed wins the tag titles. Really? Yeah. I, I think that Acclaimed is in a spot where they might be more over. Like I see the Acclaimed featured more than – like Swerving, Swerving Our Glory is more or less a um, a Friday night tag team. Like hmm. they, they – you don't see them on Dynamite all that often. No, you know, right. where the Acclaimed is bouncing back on both shows, I think the Acclaimed's more over than Swerving Our Glory. I think the Acclaimed – uh, get that. Um, so I'm going to say punk. I'm going to say acclaimed. And I think, yeah, so I think I'm with two as well. I think that's what I'm stuck at. Or maybe the other thing that I can see, I can see Seamus going over Gunther just so you have at least one of your hometown guys going over on that show. I agree. I think they put enough in Seamus. I think that is one of the title changes Saturday. I also think and it might just be in my head to make sense of the way Raw ended and the fact that Raquel and Aaliyah are the women's tag champs. They drop it to Sasha and Naomi Saturday. Like, they come out and like, hey, we want to defend our titles for the first time. You roll them out there, and then you make sense of what I thought was a pretty cruddy way to end Monday night. That will be a hell of a spoiler because we'll all know that they're over there based on flight, flight trackers and stuff. Sure. Right? Like you can hide them in the United States. But people will know that they're on a plane over there. And I guess, I mean, if you don't mind spoilers, we're going to know before that event happens if they're in the country. That's fair. All right, Brian, what do we have on number two of the three? All right, guys, this time we're going to go to social media where I think the most viral moment of pro wrestling this past weekend didn't actually happen this weekend. It took off, and it was this clip, thanks to Indie Wrestling. So we welcome in Luigi Primo, the man in that clip. Uh, Luigi, thank you so much for uh, jumping on GKW. Luigi, how oh, are you? Still buddy? got the pizza dough. I'm a Luigi Primo. <laughs> I make the best pizza. No, I was having some connection problems. <laughs> no, you're a fine. So. Where did the idea come from? Obviously, that I mean, that's a talent. Like anybody who's tried to make homemade pizza, like attempts to do that, and everybody fails miserably. Like, where did the idea of doing that while doing a match come from? Okay, so for me, I've spent many years working in my pizza restaurant and also learning to wrestle. So I thought what I'd do is I would take the things I do in the kitchen, such as you know, you put it the the down. And then you would top it with the toppings, but it onto the mat, and I had jump on them, and I had top of them in the manner of a pizza. 
Luigi, what's the strategy to try to confuse your opponents by having the dough spinning? Uh, how, how does that work? Is it better on the left hand or right hand when you're trying to confuse the opponent? Yeah, you, you ask a very good question. You see now my hand's a little bit of a hurt, but normally what I can do is I can go with this hand. They go to grab that hand. Oh, I switch hands. No problem. They go to grab this hand. Oh, I switch it again. No problem. No hands. No problem. And then if they got the leg and the hand, I can do a head situation. See, the important thing about making a good pizza is to make sure it has a touch your neck and the back. I see. Good to I know. See. Who knew that? Luigi, yeah. this clip on social media, I know it took place back in April, Mania weekend, but it's got over 5 million views in you know, less than a week. What are some of the craziest accounts that you've seen either interact with it or retweet it? We are like, oh, that guy's retweeting my stuff right now. Yes. He's a, a BKJ no. guy. No. Okay. Okay, he, he reposted it. He's, he's a BJJ. None other than a Mark Zuckerberg was in the comments. Wow. And wow. So wow. Too savvy. I said, I said, hey, I said, hey Mark, hey, Mark, I, I make you a good pizza. But, of course, he didn't respond to me. He's just a, a dancer clown dancing for my amusement. <laughs> so how is this? Has yeah, this yeah, worked out for you? <laughs> have, have promoters been calling yes, you all week this. because they want they want the pizza they they want Luigi making pizza during their shows. Yo, th there has been some very exciting offers. I've gotten offers from from all over the world. It's a truly a humbling and a mind blowing. I can't quite a spoil things yet, uh, but I will spoil that it's not WWE or AEW. They haven't contacted me, but oh. I still oh. got some offers that are gonna be. Very exciting. I've also been getting a lot of people being like, hey, I'd like to, to take you, have you come to a Pennsylvania? And then I say, okay. 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 <laughs> That's a tease right oh, there. That, that, that is the <laughs> ultimate tease. As yeah. uh, we have some, you can you bring me to Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yes, go ahead, Luigi. You were saying about Pennsylvania. Then I want to pay for the flight, people, I guess. Yeah, a lot of people just want to, uh, Sort of a, I guess they just are like a messaging me. I'm well, Luigi, we certainly appreciate you, man. Like you have brought a lot of people joy with that viral I'm clip. Happy to talk to them, but also, so some very. Uh... Yep, Luigi, we appreciate it with the connection issues, man. We're gonna have to let you go. We certainly appreciate you. And again, check him out on Twitter at Best Pizza Chef. And I hopefully uh, we see what happens with you with this viral clip very, very soon, Luigi. All right. Thank you very much. There you go. That's pro wrestling on its finest. You know, again, uh, happy holidays to you, bro. It's, uh, you finally got one of your segments on the show. Uh, the, a, a, a man from the Indies who is flipping pizza dough uh, and beating an opponent. This actually happened. I think my favorite, I, the, the, the tweet I saw like that was promoting that clip was, if pro wrestling was fake, how do you explain this? And then another thing. It was just hilarious. I saw one ranking best wrestlers of all time. It was like Austin Rock and then uh, our boy at number one after that move. Oh, Luigi Primo, number one. Yeah. I mean, Rock and Stone Cold, they can't flip the pizza in the middle of an hour. No. <laughs> Only if Jim Ross is calling it. Could you imagine what he'd be saying right now?
Full arm dragon twist. What the hell's he doing? <laughs> the best oh is that God. it's from April. Like it's from Mania weekend, and now all of a sudden it takes off. I mean, Zuckerberg's commenting on it. Like, that was impressive. You hold never know what's going to take off on social. Hold on, hold on a second. So, I mean, how long does it take to download something like that? That should have been out there on Mania weekend. I know, April. right? <laughs> It wasn't even on Fight. I don't know how Rowitz found it, man. Like, it wasn't on Fight TV. I, who knows, you know, who actually had the video. He had to dig deep to find it to get it out to the rest of the world. All well, right, maybe Bryce. he's a joker on Sunday in the Casino Battle Royal. Maybe he's trying to swerve us. Oh, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be awesome. Try, <laughs> he's throwing the pizza throw to the try pizza and get dough. the briefcase or whatever's up there. He's trying to throw the dough. <laughs> What's number three in the three count? <laughs> All right, guys. A full, full Labor Day weekend of wrestling coming our way. Which matches, we'll go plural there, are you most looking forward to this weekend? Well, I think the one that I'm going to start with is one that I hope is the leadoff. And there are very few one-on-one -on -one matches on the all-out card. You know, we've got a lot of tag matches. There's a fatal four-way, a couple of trios matches. But Danielson versus Jericho, especially Jericho as the Lionheart, and what we saw, what Jericho did as the Lionheart on Dynamite just a couple of weeks ago, like that to me is going to be an incredibly fun match. And if it's the one that leads off the main card for All Out, I think it's a great way to get that Chicago crowd hot right off the bat. Uh, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at, this Rollins riddle, obviously, because to me, I just think there's a lot of heat there. First of all, even without the heat, I just think that it's going to, it would be a really terrific match between the two. Um, now that, with Cody being on the shelf, it's just a good opponent for Rollins to have. So that's definitely, for instance, on my list. I have a, about five or six of them, but that's on the top of my list so far for this weekend. Yeah, Monday did a great job getting me excited about that one. And I think there's a lot of intrigue also because who goes over in that match? Because I can make a case for both sides. To me, after mm. after Monday, it has to be Riddle, right? Like it has to, like I was I was probably leaning towards Seth Rollins until they showed the after the cameras were off portion of that interview where Rollins brought up the wife, the kids, the divorce, the the, the rough things that Riddle is going through. To me, that means Riddle's going over. But you're going to have Rollins lose again? Like, that's a lot of consecutive pay-per-views with losses for Rollins. Well, I, I, I mean, I think you make a good point. I mean, you're losing against uh, Rhodes three different times, and then the riddle. I mean, if, if Rollins wins, it extends the, the feud, which I'd like. Uh, and actually, because it's under Triple H, uh, wins and losses actually do matter now right. at WWE. So yeah. I, I'm intrigued by that. I think those two, like the one game match also, those are definitely the best. I'm also, in, speaking of just Clash the Castle, the six-woman match I think could be really good. I, I think they're going to get time to work. And you look at the six individuals in that match, they all can go. They're all really talented. And I think that could end up being a really good match on Saturday. Yeah, that might be the match of the card just because of all the talented people that you have. And again, maybe they add to it. I, I got to imagine they will because it's a stadium show and they've really been building this thing yeah. up as a big deal. And as of right now, they only have six matches versus the 14 that are on All Out. <laughs> and that includes three pre-show matches for the All Out card Sunday in Chicago. But it, even if they add, I mean, to me, the max they could add for SmackDown tomorrow night is two. You know, maybe you add something for the Usos. 
you know, maybe sure. you do something like that. I mean, who knows? But if even if you add two, you still have plenty of time. It's going to be a longer card being a stadium show. So that trios match on the women's side has plenty of room to work. Um, you know, I would imagine that this show is going to be two, what well, should be three hours. So they should fill it out with more talent. I mean, I like the matches that they have so far, but I would say that you could add a, a one or two. I'm sure there'll be one pre-show match and you could add another one. I'm always, I'm always leaning toward tag team wrestling. I love good tag team wrestling. And so the Usos should be involved in that in some way, shape or form, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. Gabe, you said it like Usos yeah. versus KO and a partner. I think that works right now, like storyline wise. And I think Gargano in theory, I think it's a little weird that that's not there. But I don't know if they're trying to protect them or trying to save that for a special moment. But I feel like that could end up being added as well. Yeah, I mean, with Gargano coming back just last week, maybe they felt it would be too rushed to put that on right. this one. So they want to make it let it breathe a little bit more. Whereas, again, with the Usos, I think you, there are a number of tag teams I think you can put together and throw. Yep, Usos, these, and, and they're the undisputed tag team champs. So putting those belts on the line at a stadium pay-per-view show just naturally makes sense. Uh, an, another match on the AEW side that I'm looking forward to, like sneakily, probably the best story that they've told, Starks versus Hobbs. Yeah. Yes. Like I, yes. I'm looking forward to that one. Like we we saw the promo from Starks, didn't get much more on it last night because I don't think they needed to sell it more than they did two weeks ago with that promo by Ricky Starks. But Starks versus Hobbs in the former tag team guys guys that used to be in the stable. It's it's simple storytelling in terms of professional wrestling, but the way that they've both sold it has really made it a, you were talking earlier about emotions, Jay Hood, like you really yeah. felt for Starks in that moment. So that's one that they have done a good job of building towards with great storytelling. Yeah, Starks is a star and that guy should be in the future as a world champion. I don't know in which company, but I think in AEW, you better lock that guy in because He's got it. He's, he's always had that it factor, the charisma. He makes you, whether it's a heel or baby face, I think he's very talented. And this is something good for Hobbs, too. I'm not sure which way the match is going to go, but I think it's good for Hobbs, too. Hobbs is a powerhouse singles wrestler. His, one of his favorites is Hacksaw Butch Reed, and he kind of reminds me of Hacksaw in a way because of that demeanor. Doesn't smile, just kind of sneers at you. He's big and strong, so I like that. You know, I wish I, wish I could add onto that list, and I – would agree that Hobbs and Starks are on my list. I wish I could add Christian and uh, and uh, Jungle Boy. Jungle I saw what they tried to do on Dynamite with the sit down, mm, a little tepid, quite frankly, a little tip, a little tepid. Was, like, and... like 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 Jungle Boy is going to be just Jack Perry, and Jim Ross is like, yes, this is what I've wanted the whole time. <laughs> Jungle Boy, J Jungle Jack Perry, that's what he's wanted. I, and I appreciate what they tried to do that. You know, trying to make it that personal with with Jack. But again, he's still so young and still growing in that side of professional wrestling. Like inside the ring, I don't think anyone's questioning his talent. It's his ability to be able to tell those stories through promos, through segments like that, where he still needs a little work. And again, I, I don't mean that as a knock. He's still just very, very young. He's very, very raw. And this is a part of the learning curve. It, they're trying to do the story. His skill set just isn't there. Maybe in a year it is. Maybe this time all out next year he has grown on that side. But that's that's where I have the disconnect. Because, again, Christian has the schmarmy heel wearing the turtleneck. Yes, punch him in the face. All the way in on that. Someone needs to punch him in the face. And it needs to be Jungle Boy, but apparently it's going to be Jack Perry. 
Yeah, but at least that match has some storytelling. Like, you look at the main card, and Gabe, you mentioned that there's a lack of one-on-one matches. That's one of only four on the main card that is a one-on-one match. Like, that at least has some storytelling behind it. I agree. I don't think it's a match that really steals the show. I think it'll be good. I mean, that's what Christian does. It's what Jungle Boy does. But, like, I think it's missing something there. The latter match, I'm sure, is going to be one of those car crash matches. Like, just looking at the names in that match. And the other one I'll throw out there, because every single time you put them on our pay-per-view, they deliver, and I think they should be trio champions, is House of Black. They're taking on Darby, Sting, and Miro. Like, those three in House of Black, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ring. They're going to give you all they got. They're going to give you one hell of a match, and I think they'll do the same this weekend. Well, in terms of just wrestling, like, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about trios matches, like, FTR is going to deliver. When's the last time they haven't delivered? Yeah. But you're just not excited for it because because FTR is like the hottest thing in AEW. But much, it's hilarious how Wardlow and FTR end up in this trios match because two months ago, three months ago, Wardlow was the hottest thing in AEW, and he has like said as much. Like he has not in interviews, he said he feels like he hasn't done much as the TNT champion. FDR is the hottest tag team. Right. Like after they gave the fight like an eight-year-old girl promo, like they were like you're like, man, I, I can't believe FTR could get any more over than they are. Give the fight like an eight-year-old girl promo, and FTR just goes to the moon, and they're just in some random ass trios match that we're supposed to get excited about with somebody else from some other promotion coming over with Motor City Machine Guns. Well, I mean, so here's what I'm doing. If I'm the booker. And I'm not book of the year like Tony Khan, so you know what do I know? All I know is that if I just want to, if I just I'm going to do a dream match, and if I don't feel strongly about any of the tag teams in my company, Motor City Machine Guns come on over and take on FTR. And it, so now you've checked that box, right? Now those the Motor City Machine Guns, they were so great in TNA. They were terrific before the Young Bucks. It was those guys. So those guys are terrific. For them to be in this match, I don't get it. And by the way. The TNT championship is ice cold yep. because of what you just said, Gabe. Ice cold. Ice cold. You mean to tell me that you can't use Rampage? It's funny about Rampage. One of the questions in the Tony Khan press conference today was, you know, what's going on with your sagging ratings on uh, on TNT? And he says, well, we need to have our stars back because we're so injured, so banged up. Well, while this is happening, you have a champion in which it could be his show. This should be Wardlow's show on, on, on Friday nights. And not a lot of people are watching that show as much as Dynamite. But this is the way you build up your champion. You made fun of the WWE saying the, the IC title was cold under Vince. But what is Wardlow? Wardlow should be in a singles match of me, of, that's meaningful. And, the, and by the way, the FTR, FTR really are the tag team champions. I know Swerving in Our Glory is the tag team champions the AEW. But I don't know. Just sit somebody down and say, hey, who do you think the tag team champions are? The tag team with three sets of belts or a, a tag team with one set of belts? Right. The FTR think, actually are the champions. And I think it's crazy. Also, FTR flat out said, like, they thought it was going to be them versus the Bucks for all the belts at All Out, which we've talked about, which it seemed like was going to be the path. And now, yeah, they're just in this throwaway match where there's not even, like, you get any history with them in the Motor City Machine Guns. Like, you got the video package and – I think what they showed up on Rampage, sort of like there's nothing there. Like the Jay Lethal stuff, like him and Wardlow, like there's nothing working there. Like it's just sad to see them thrown in there because I think they're still very over. Like, yes, Wardlow is not the over that he was going back to Revolution when he won, you know, the whatever ladder match they call it, the giant ring one. But like those three are still very over and it just feels like they're wasted on Sunday. 
it, it's it's insane because the the titles have meant so much right. in AEW, and every other one of them, all seven thousand they have in the company, are being defended on Sunday, except for the TNT Championship. Right. Hell, the FTW Championship is being defended <laughs> by Hook. Like you found a cha- you found a place for the FTW Championship, which I'm glad by the way because. I am a fan of Hook. I know he's not for everybody, but I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the whole gimmick. I enjoy the shtick. But how do you not find, on a roster this deep, one opponent for yeah. Wardlow? Because he deserves to stand alone. And they got no one to blame but themselves for what's going on. And it started with Forbidden Door. Well, I'll throw this out also. I mean, you talk about title matches. Do we see Jade's run end on Sunday? Taking on Athena. Uh, is Athena hot right now? I think that she's she's not really hot right now, right? No. So so I haven't seen the real threat for Jade's championship. As I said with Jade, I have no problem with her being the champion because the championship's making her, right? That's what's, that's what's happening, and she's learning sure. on the fly. As far as I can tell, she's not doesn't have any indie indie dates to really hone her craft. So she's learning as she goes along. Athena is champion. I say maybe, but not now. Is that fair? Yeah, I I think the story they've wanted to tell and just haven't has been Athena chasing Jade because it's been Athena's been chasing Jade for a while. They just yeah. haven't gotten it consistently out there to make you like have that feeling behind Athena. You know, you just don't have that connection. I think because of the lack of consistency in the story that they've told of Athena trying to chase down Jade. So I don't I don't see Athena going over at this point either. And I think also the Athena stuff was hurt by it felt like they were going the Statlander way. Like when you had both of them sort of teaming, both sort of chasing, it felt like Statlander was above her. Then she gets hurt and they're like, oh, well, now we don't know how to book it. Because I can make a case for her winning on Sunday, but I'm not confident that you have a good story after that. Like Athena is the champion. Well, I, well, it all depends on how you book them, right? Uh, so, so, so Thunder Rosa becomes the AEW women's champion. And she had some good matches, like huh. Mercedes Martinez. I seen that on the Indies. I think it's a, it's always a solid match. They, they never let you down. Those two in the ring is pretty solid. But then it's kind of like, okay, so what happens then? Like it's and and everyone's pining for Britt Baker to win the championship back because you never look, you know, you never look over the fence and say, oh, the grass is greener over there. Britt Baker was a tremendous champion, and they wanted to get the belt off of her. That's fine. And Thunder Rose is good, but you didn't give her a lot to say, hey, here's a big-time heel that's going to try to steamroll Thunder Rosa. Now she's got to fight that big-time heel. I, did, I never got that in her run. And well, by no. the way, with this and by the way, with this matchup here, this this um, interim championship, Brent Baker lets you know, like, hey, by the way, I'll take the fall on Dynamite. Did that yeah. surprise you guys? It did to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But here – but. I think if Britt's playing the long, you can put the championship on Britt whenever you want. Cause she's the, she's legitimately the only star of that women's division right now. She's the only star. She's the only one. And, and that's, that was Tony's problem with the Thunder Rosa reign is much like in Roman reigns over in WWE. And they kind of ran out of people like after you ran out of Mercedes Martinez and then, Oh yeah, we've got Nyla Rose, the native beast. She's just this big heel. And then she doesn't go over and then Oh, yeah, we haven't mm-hmm. been really doing a good job of booking a women's division, so we don't really have anyone for you. That's so, right. you know, so if Britt if Brit takes the fall, that could be the long game. Maybe Britt's playing of, hey, if Hater goes over me or Storm goes over me, now we've got a storyline of Britt trying to chase the title as a heel, um, and, and you can do something off of that. 
Yeah, and then on top of that, you know, if Thunder Rosa doesn't come back, and if Sheeta teams with Tony Storm, it'll be shit, shit storm. <laughs> she, shit storm. Get it? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not your best, but you know, you gotta chuckle. You gotta our chuckle. First, our first letter. No, hey, look, 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 and look, and I understand. Like thunderstorm. I understand, thunderstorm. but uh, you shit Yeah, I know. I I understand what you did. You just didn't deliver it the best you probably wanted yeah. to, you know. Like it was just, you know, it was, it wasn't an eight, you know, it wasn't an eight joke the way Chicago's in eight town. There you go. Let's get to some uh, news and notes, Brian. All right, guys, there is a lot going on in the news and notes department. We'll start with a bunch of contract talk. And last night on Impact, W. Morrissey, formerly known as Big Cat, made an appearance on Dynamite. No word on if he had actually signed with AEW. I mean, I would assume he signed with AEW. We didn't get the W. Morrissey is all elites. Uh, but when Stokely comes out, hands you a card, and you accept that card and then go to the back, seems like he's all elite to me. I mean, the segment was really weird, but I'm all, hey, the dude looks great. He was fantastic in the Wardlow match that he did um, a few months back when Wardlow was super hot. Sign me up for more of that because I, I really like that, and I think he's looking good. You know... I'd like to know what Stokely's doing. He's handling yeah. a lot of cards. I'd like to know, like, what, what's your faction look like? And when will we see them all together? If, they, if you're handing them cards, are they officially part of your uh, group or not? I don't know the answer to that. Um, but just to see Morrissey out there, guys, he looks great. Yeah, mm -hmm. Big guy. I mean, you, you'd be the prototypical WWE guy. But maybe an AEW can shine. Again, it's all about booking. Can Morrissey go? Yeah. Does he look good? Great. How do you book him, though? That's the question. And so if he's part of Stokely's entourage, like, like what championship is he going for? First of all, is he signed with the company? And on top of that, like, who, like, where does Morrissey go? Is he a Rampage guy? Is he a Dynamite guy? I'm just not sure. But I like what I saw. Yeah, I worry about how they've booked Big Ben in the past. Like, I worry about him coming in and being Lance Archer. Where, like, you oh. get those opportunities and you're in big matches, but you're always taking the fall. You never go over. Right. So I worry about that. Um, another contract news, AEW not extending Bobby Fish's contract. PW Insider says his deal expired yesterday. Yeah, he's old. I had no problem with that. He's a, um, he, 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 that's a, I mean, he, listen, everywhere he goes, he gets banged up. He's probably look closer to trainer than in-ring performer, quite frankly. Even though you never get the elite payoff? Yeah, that's that's the shame is that you don't get the elite payoff, but you got to make those tough decisions, and unfortunately, this is one of them. You can find you can find other guys to team up with Adam Cole um, in terms of him continuing to put down the elite. Fightful Select says report says talks have broken down between the WWE and the Good Brothers, who are free agents as of now. Um, that's. My guess is that they were asking maybe too much. Like the Good Brothers, I, I think, would be fantastic wherever they go. I enjoy them. Probably get lost in WWE the same way they did last time. They'd probably just end up putting back with AJ Styles and being AJ Styles' henchmen. Maybe it's for the best. They've, they've tried the, aid, the, excuse me, the WWE route a couple of times, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily worked out for them the way they've, they've maybe wanted it to. They scream Impact or NWA to me. Hmm. They, they just do. Like, I don't. I never, not since they're running New Japan, do I think that they've been over. I just think that 
it's great that they want to do the Hall Nash little guy big guy thing and do all the all the histrionics from the two thousands and the too sweet and all that. It's kind of played out. I mean, it's time to reinvent, and I don't know right. if they have another gear in them to reinvent. I when they show up on TV, I'm never excited. It's just it's just those two. Um, they've carved out a nice niche for themselves, but it's nothing that ever gets me excited. What if they end up being Cole's partner? So you get Cole and the Good Brothers versus Young Bucks and Kenny. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't do it for you. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I just, no, seriously, bro, it's I'd like, like, we've seen it for a while. When they were in New Japan and part of the Bullet Club, it's like, yeah. okay. And then, they, but yet they had a lot of stars around them too. Like Carl right. Anderson can go. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a terrific wrestler uh, by himself. I just, I just, don't see anything in that tag team that that makes me excited anymore. I just I always think that if you're if you're that cool, you can, should be able to reinvent. And sure. this hybrid of DX, NWO, Click, and in and, and, and all three in one faction doesn't really do anything for me. Or stay with me here. We already have Serena Deeb. We already got CM Punk. What if we get Luke Gallows and bring back the uh, the Straight Edge Society? Mm. Mm? No? Uh, anybody? No? no? I like the Straight Edge Society. It was over. I, I remember the one video I saw of them trying to do this whole thing in that, like, deep in Tennessee someplace. It might have been, no- been Knoxville, actually. And there was an old lady with a purse, and he was, she was swinging that purse at CM Punk. <laughs> I hate you! You're the devil! I hate you! You're the devil! And CM Punk's like, I gotcha! <laughs> Seriously, man. But, but they, people believed in that thing, though. They thought oh, that he was like, like, like he was spewing devil hate or whatever, and that worked in the South. They didn't like that at all. That woman was swinging her white purse at him, man. She, she didn't like that at all. I love that. And one more contract note. Multiple reports out today said Braun Strowman making his return to the WWE. We can see him as early as Monday at Raw. Is he going to be with that kid doing the tag team thing again? (laughs) (laughs) Is he going to be with that child? Nicholas? Was that his name? Yeah, I believe. I think it was Nicholas, yes. Yes, Nicholas, one-time WWE Raw tag team champion. Yeah. uh, With Braun Uh, Strowman. Yeah. fine i guess um i don't don't think they necessarily need him just because they've built a lot of other things that they have going on in terms of carrying cross in terms of because if braun Strowman comes back you would assume he'd be as a past universal champion he'd be inserted into some sort of main event picture and maybe once they actually split the titles which i'm assuming they're going to do at some point under triple h sure but you've got a lot of other things you've you've built and done a good job of building i'd probably rather see other than braun Strowman first and what what if Paul Heyman? What if Drew wins a championship? He holds off both championships. They go to Monday Night Raw, and Heyman says, "Actually, you won one of the championships. It wasn't for both, according to his contract." Like I'd be good with that if like yeah. Drew wins one, something out of this, right? If not both championships, a championship like the Raw Championship or the SmackDown Championship. I'd love to have some kind of legalese to try to get one of those titles off of Roman. Uh, with Braun Strowman, I'm I'm glad. I'm happy for Braun. Uh, looks like control your narrative is not necessarily a thing anymore. Yeah, they no, are being yeah. picked apart one by one, right? Control one it until one. Triple H calls. I guess we didn't read the fine print there. Yeah, I mean, EC3 will be there soon. And then <laughs> it won't be a control your narrative. Um, I, you know, I think Braun works. I think get away from the choo-choo train, get away from the tag team with the kid, 
and just let him just be a monster. That's all. Yep. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think it. Yeah, he'll be fine. Again, he's. He, I think he's shown he can hold his own. Although, I think my favorite Braun Strowman moment was when he accidentally got stiff with Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar took exception and actually hit Braun Strowman. <laughs> and Braun, like, stumbled back after he took a legitimate punch from Brock Lesnar. If you don't know what I'm talking about, very easy to find. Just use the Google machine, and you'll be able to find it on YouTube. And that's it for news and notes. All right. We still have match a week a match of the week to go, but first... It's going to be a little bit of a longer episode here on GKW. What else are we going to do? we got two pay-per-views to talk about, one of them happening in Chicago. It is AEW All Out. And to help us break it down, we brought in earlier this week, Daddy Magic himself, Matt Menard. Big week for AEW. Big week for professional wrestling. We are all excited for All Out coming up on Saturday and to help us break down all out, we welcome in the epitome of sports entertainers. We welcome in Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> Thank How you, doing, you. Bud? Very good. Thank you, gentlemen. And you you, you kind of nailed that, actually. <laughs> you kind of <laughs> sports entertainers. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty so, good. I, I love when people on that. I like when people on Twitter, they, they spell it out phonetically, like the way that I say it. It's, it's really something. I think part of that is two of us are from the Midwest, so we already speak like that. We already yeah, we already right? on, on sports entertainment. One's from Wisconsin, and I, not from Chicago, so we already talk like well, that. Well, well done, guys. We well done. Like that. We <laughs> this has to be pretty fun for you with the Jericho Appreciation Society. But where, So where does the moniker Daddy Magic come from? Because I think you've just taken it and run with it. Yeah, so... Yeah, and just to say, being part of, you know, in a team with Jericho has been uh, un unbelievable, really surreal. Um, but the Daddy Magic name, on the independence, I went by Big Magic. That was kind of like a nickname that I used, and it always stuck with me. Like, um, I don't know if I – I don't think we used email to get on this thing, but my email is bigmagic3.0 at gmail.com. Oh, boy, I just put that out to everybody, yeah? Oh, I'm going to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I went by Big Magic, and – when we initially started talking about getting together, I told Chris, I was like, hey, because um, he says, if you want to try anything new, like with your look or anything uh, of that nature, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to go for it. So I just straight up told him, I go, hey, I'd like to be big magic. And he goes, okay, cool. And then two days later, he goes, yeah, big, like big. We have Jake. He's the big guy. Like, it doesn't really make sense for you to be the big guy in the team. So like, what else do you want to use? And I don't, we did this episode of, of Talk is Jericho a couple months ago, uh, before the last pay-per-view, actually. And, and um, we, him and I were talking, and I just listed off a bunch of, of other ridiculous names that I wanted to use. Um, and ended up landing on Daddy, Daddy Magic. That's what we ended up going with, and, and that, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Daddy Magic, how much fun are you having right now, being part of AEW, being in your spot right now in AEW? How much fun are you having? I mean, it's the time of my life. Honest to God, the last year of my life, guys, has been so unbelievable. From going um, to, to, to like being released from WWE in June of last year to August, being picked up with AEW. My son was born. We're wrestling Sting, uh, fighting CM Punk. I don't know what is going on, guys. It is, it's, it's to, 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 to bring it around and the end of the, end of the winter to, to get in this thing with Jericho has been 
it's been a dream come true, honestly, guys. Like, I, I really don't know what else to say about it. And to the spotlight that, that has been shunned upon us because we are in this group, it's, it's like nothing we've ever experienced before. So sort of along those lines, you're with someone in Jericho we've talked about on this show, like the king of reinvention, the way that yes. guy's gone through things. What have you learned from him and sort of reinventing yourself these past few months? So I get to watch Jericho, right? Every, the, the way he carries himself in the back, the way he uh, handles his business, the way he presents himself as a performer. And I'm just constantly learning. Like I try to model myself after him. You know what I mean? And the, the one thing that I learned really from being with him is you can do no wrong. Like just, if there's a risk that you want to take, just can, can I curse? Cause I'm about to curse. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Just, just, yes. just, just fucking take the risk. Well, well you're not going to lose anything. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, like Chris will throw anything against the wall and, and if it sticks, it sticks and he, he runs with it like the wizard thing. And if it doesn't, then uh, fuck it. We're out, you know, Dude, just leave it there. You know? Like, that's really, I think, the one thing that I've learned. And and you can never be I, – I was going to say you can never be too ridiculous, but I think maybe you can be, but but we find that line, you know? Like, the only way to find the line is to cross it. So being able to do all this, what's it meant to you to be able to do it with Angelo and be able to kind of – I mean, you guys as a tag team go back so, so, so long. Yeah, we do. I mean, we've met in the um, – I think at eight years old in the third grade – so I don't like a lot of people don't know that, but we've been um, friends or wrestling friends our entire lives, you know, and we trained together and then we became a team together, obviously, and traveled up and down the roads together. So all the highs and all the lows, we experienced them together. There's nobody on this planet who knows what I've been through, who has the exact same experience that, that, that he does, you know, that I do. We it's it matches, you know, perfectly. Um so yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. You know what I mean? It's it's really been great. Matt, is there are there wrestlers that you grew up watching that you model yourself after? Guys, you watch on the TV and said, "Boy, you know, at one point in time, I want to be like that guy." Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to go way back, I, I grew up a, a child of the '80s, I guess, in the early '90s. I mean, Hulk Hogan loved Hulk Hogan. Growing up, who didn't? Right? I mean, I don't know. Did you guys? You must have. Of course, everybody no. did. Right. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, everybody so, said their prayers. Everybody had their vitamins. Thank I mean, you. Just, you know, you had to. Yeah. Do you, do you think by vitamins, he meant steroids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vitamin, vitamin S is a steroid, is a, is a vitamin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Take your testosterone kids. Um, <laughs> I digress. I love Hulk. <laughs> anyway. So, um, maybe we cut that out. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> So, and then uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, obviously being Canadian. I just, I love him. Who made Pink more cool than Bret? You know, I know the Revival tries, Punk tries. Hey, you're not there, boys. You know, Bret, <laughs> Bret looked freaking great in Pink. Um, the hair and everything and his style is so realistic. Um, and people rag on Bret, I think, sometimes for not being charismatic or may maybe in the early half of his career. But I don't see it, man. That guy was, 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 was cool to me. Um, and as I got a little older, like, see, I, I'm lucky. I think you guys are too. We're probably around the same age. Like, as we hit, like, adolescence, like, wrestling, we kind of grew into wrestling and, like, the, the Attitude Era and that, you know, when you're 13, 14, 15 years old. So, so Chris in 98, Chris Jericho, you know, who was cooler than Chris Jericho? And when I started my career, I really tried to emulate him, right? Because when you're starting out, you don't know. 
you don't know nothing. So all you're going to do, you're going to just, you're going to kind of choose what you like and basically imitate it, you know? And, and early on, there was a lot of that, a lot of imitating Chris Jericho um, in, in, in both of mine and Angelo's performances. And those, those are pretty much my uh, heaviest influences, I'd say. Brett, when Sean, you, and, and Chris. When you talk about making that move, you said, you know, you're really a free agent for about a month. What was it like just mindset-wise that month of knowing, like, hey, you reached that pinnacle, you got the WWE, and then not knowing what was next? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough because my, my wife was uh, seven, eight months pregnant at the time. Um, and you don't know, like, we were supposed to leave the country to go back to Canada. So we're like, do we stay? Do we do we go? Do we stay? I don't know if it's illegal. I have no idea, guys. Like, like I have no idea. And and luckily, like, we worked things out with AEW to where we, we didn't have to leave, you know, and their lawyers got on us. And that's initially how the deal got started. They were going to help us get our visas, you know, and and then they, they ended up giving us a match. And then one thing led to another. And then we we signed per appearance deals and, th and then we signed real contracts. And now, oh, anyway, things are great. But yeah, that month, that I want to say we went like literally because we had a 30 day non-compete, right? So we were still getting paid for 30 days from the time they let us know that we were being cut. And from the end of that 30 days to the time that we started with AEW, I think was eight days, seven to nine days, like really a short amount of time. We are so fortunate that things worked out the way that they did for us. Um, very blessed, very blessed, you know, lucky. Matt, I, I've, before I ask this next question, I want you to know that this comes from a place of love because I absolutely love what you're doing. But okay. what the hell are you doing when you're not talking during promos and you're on television? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What do you mean in my, in my spare time? What do you want to know? Well, you no, know? like you're, you're looking at the camera. I, I don't know if you're trying to oh. say words. If you're like, like, I am, I like, don't, hey, I cannot look away. And I feel yeah, bad for Angelo because yeah. I start tuning him out. I'm trying to figure out what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, that's a great question. I wish I wish I had the answer for you. You know, I'm just uh, just doing the thing. <laughs> just, who are you? Just, uh, who are you talking to? Are you talking to us? Because I'm not talking. I will see anybody else except you. We know you're saying something, but you're saying maybe, it to Daddy Magic fans. And I don't know yeah, what you're saying. What maybe, are you saying to us? Maybe I had more to say, and Angelo just cut me off because he's sick of my fucking talking. You know, <laughs> and I was just like, I'm just finishing what I want to say. Yeah, no, I don't know, man. Just, just trying to, uh, just trying to entertain, I guess. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah. I just. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't know anything else. We just wa are watching you because we feel like it's subliminal. You're saying something to us, <laughs> only us, and we don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm trying to get you to buy the T-shirt. That's ultimately what it what <laughs> yes. it comes down to. Right, 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 right. Okay. All right. So you know, a lot of there's a lot of single guys, Daddy Magic, that go to AEW events. There's a lot of wrestling fans that don't have a girlfriend, but they love AEW. I would like for you to be able to give some advice <laughs> to some of the young people out there on how they can be able to just get a taste. Date, like, like what? Take, uh, like dating advice? Yes. And, and how can, how can single guys get a taste? Yeah. So, and for all the young gentlemen out there, never, um, I don't know how this is going to come off, but never chase, never chase the ladies. Okay. Let, let them, let them come to you. And, and if you feel, Right, I hope there's no women listening to this. But if you feel like there's an interest level there, maybe uh, maybe you ignore them just, just a bit, just a bit to make them want a little more. You understand what I'm saying? 
That's all. Just just play hard to get. You play the game, guys. Be smart. Also, just be cool. Just be cool. That's the best advice I could give to anybody. I give that to my to my students, my wrestling students. It's like, oh, how, how do I act in the locker room? Like if they're going to be extras or something. Guys, just be cool. Just let, <laughs> let people like you. Just be cool. Gabe yeah. opened with it. You know, I don't do it as well as him, the sports entertainers. How did that come to be? Because you took Judas, which was one of the most over entrances in the company, and you enhanced it. You made it better. How did that come to be? Uh, that was um, so you know those old WWE, well WWF, like like the um, what the world is watching, like that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And, and that's all it is. It just comes from that. And I believe the initial idea was for all of us to take a turn saying it every week. But Chris just loved the way that I do it, and it just stayed that way. You know? Yeah. So you've also now been doing. You've been dabbling in commentary. How did the yeah. idea for you to do commentary do it? Because here's the problem, man. Like, Please I, tell me. I, tell me the problem. Well, the problem is there's a lot of wrestling that we need to watch for this show. Yeah. So elevation kind of gets pushed to the back. But from some of the highlights I keep seeing on social media of your commentary, I'm probably going to have to tune into elevation now. How it came about. So back in June, Blood and Guts, I don't know if you guys remember, um, I ended up tearing my, um, my rotator cuff and my labrum. So I'm out for a, a period of time here. And a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, I'm coming to TV every week. I, I'm not planning any matches. I'm not doing much of anything. So I got that. Like, I, I ended up talking to Tony Schiavone. He's like, yeah, get on. Let's put you on commentary. You know what I mean? I'll run it by uh, TK and we'll see what he says. And TK loved the idea. And then sure enough, I went out there one week and, and it seemed to be a big hit. People liked it. Twitter loved it, you know. And and Tony uh, Schiavone was just like, yeah, you just stay out there now until uh, – until somebody tells you not to. <laughs> so I guess, so I guess, I guess my job and it's an opportunity to, uh, to learn another side of the business. And uh, honestly, it, it's been an absolute blast, an absolute blast. I feel like I could say anything out there and, and I got, I got Excalibur who's going to cover my ass. It's just, it's so much fun guys. And yes, please watch it. Please put it on your list and watch it. It's been a lot of uh, conversation about what's going on behind the scenes of AEW, Matt. T- tell us, what do you think the state of AEW is right now? You know, you know, it's funny you say that. I was thinking about it, like, I was talking with somebody yesterday, and I go, you know, I love, I love when, when I look forward to Thursday when I get to, to go online, when I get home and find out all about what's been going on in the locker room, <laughs> you know? Because I don't see it, and I don't feel it. I don't know if I'm just in my little Jericho bubble, and I, and I don't know what's going on. But I don't feel any um, tension or, or any bad vibes or anything like that. And I know it sounds like I'm, uh, I'm being a big-time company guy here, and maybe I am. But, like, I, I just – I don't know. Everybody gets along. I love it. Punk is – I love having CM Punk around. You know what I mean? We're always talking, having a good time. Was We were both in um, – uh, the, the rehab, the medical room the other day, you know, and we're just laughing, having a great time. He's icing his foot. I'm working on my shoulder. Funk's a great guy, man. I don't know. I love it. I love our locker room. I love our locker room. You mentioned getting to work with Punk, Sting, Jericho. Who are some of the guys that, you know, are still on that bucket list of yourself and Angela? You say, I want to work with those guys one day. Yeah, how about FTR? Put the, put them on uh, put them on that list, top of the list. I'd say the Young Bucks. We've worked, I mean, we've worked both those teams before. Um, there was um, an, um, a WrestleMania Access event, like they were taping NXT, and Angelo and I, we were just extras. And we ended up um, working with The Revival, 
And it, it's something, guys. If you want to go look up that match, if you can, <laughs> it's good. Some good stuff. I, I won't spoil it for you guys, but look it up. It's a good time. And the Young Bucks, we work with them a bunch at Chikara. I'd love to work with them on a national platform. That'd be tremendous. Um, what about some legends? Who, who else do we got in there? Sting, Punk, we've worked with. Jericho, we've worked with. Obviously, um, Brian, we've done it. Like, my God, if you think about the year we've had, like, it's it's unbelievable. It's really, like, I, you could have never, I could have never imagined the year that we just had. I don't, so I don't know. I really don't know who's left on as far as legends go. Give me Sting and Darby again. I would love to have another match with Sting and Darby, but this time where Angelo and I are, are kind of leveled up a little bit in, in, in the eyes of the people, and I think that would be fantastic. Give us, like, a lengthy program that ends in a pay-per-view match with those guys, please. I would love it. So you, you brought up blood and guts earlier. Like, yes, what sir. do you have to do mentally to get yourself ready for that match? Because you know it's going to be brutal. And unfortunately, you did suffer the injury. Yeah, you do. You do know. And you just accept it. I think there's just a level of acceptance that happens where you're just like, well, you know, whatever happens here is going to happen. And, and and the cards, they, they fall where they may, you know, like and that's pretty much it to try to get a good stretch you know to warm up which i guess <laughs> i guess i didn't stretch my my warm up my shoulders enough you know obviously i could, could have done some band workouts i guess before but the thing about those matches too they're so especially the blood and guts one um we're so many people in that match um that it it takes a long time to put it together so maybe you don't get to warm up as you as you normally would, you know, and and that is something that plays that comes into play too. It's it's really something. It was a hell of an experience, you know. Really, really was the same thing with the um, anarchy in the arena match. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Don't forget AEW uh, Rampage will be on Friday, and All Out will be on Sunday from the yeah. Arena Hoffman Estates. You can watch it on Bleacher Report. Check it out on pay-per-view from Bleach Report that you got AEW all out. Uh, is there something, Matt, in your career that you'd love to accomplish before you're done? Before you're done with wrestling, is there something that man, I'd really like to be able to check off that bucket list? That is a, a good question. And I would love to have a pay-per-view tag team title match. That is something I'd love. I'd love to win those tag team titles. Um, I think I think – Hi, yeah, but but there's so much like that's not all I want to accomplish. There's obviously more. You know what I mean? Would I like to do my own thing as a singles guy? Maybe. You know, maybe I'd like to explore that at some point. Um, but who knows? You know, who knows? I, you know, I want to make as much money as humanly possible. That's what I want to do, guys. I know that's a boring answer, but at this point in my life, that is what I want to do. As a wrestling fan, with all out being this weekend, what are you most looking forward to Sunday night in Chicago? So I just saw, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the Acclaim are wrestling for the tag titles against yes. us, against Swerve and, and Keith Lee there. I'm very interested in that match. I, I want to see how those two guys do in that spot against those guys. Are they going to level up? How is it going to go down? You know, that like that really intrigued me, and I'm very excited for both of them. And I can't wait to hear Max Caster's, uh his rap. What is he going to say? <laughs> You know, that's what I want to know. What's he going to say about Chicago? What's he going to say about about being on pay-per-view or, or uh, Keith Lee and, and Swerve, you know? That's what I want to know. But we appreciate it. We look forward to uh, seeing what you do on Rampage Friday night in Chicago. And that uh, big thanks to Matt Menard for joining us as well. The epitome 
a sports entertainers. God, I love that guy. Can't wait to see what he continues to do at AEW. He lived up to it. Like we hyped him up. I feel like amongst the three of us and like seeing him on TV, he lived up to it. <laughs> yeah. It's just a delight. And just the French Canadian comes out. It's a, it's a blend between French Canadian and Midwest accent. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing a little yes. bit. A little sports entertainment. And you know what? I think he digs GKW. I think he really enjoyed his time with us. Well, uh, hopefully we have him again sometime after he wins those tag team titles that he wants to win. Um, time to get to it. What do we think was the match of the week of the past seven days? Uh, for me, I'm going to last night. I think the trios match, like Osprey and Omega, I still don't understand how we got the two of them in the ring, not on a pay-per-view. Like, that was a lot of fun. And the other thing I'll throw out there, not that it was a great match, but I thought it was just really well done. All the Kurt Angle stuff on Monday. Like, it was a good way to have a legend out there who wasn't embarrassed and at the same turn didn't squash any younger talent. Like, I think Gable looked really good from it. Street Profits got the milk moment at the end. And I just thought everything they did with Angle on Monday was really well done. It was more of a celebration versus, yeah. I mean, his, his last run with WWE as the commissioner and then the retirement angle he did with Corbin, um, it just didn't really seem like he was a fan of it. Like, he just kind of didn't like it. I mean, there was there was the weird where he was the dad of Jason Jordan, you know, like it just like clear Vince stuff. So I don't know if this was Triple H reaching out to one of his old Attitude Era guys and going, hey, let's kind of make this right and have you be celebrated in your hometown. You know, he comes out in the Olympic, he has the Olympic gold medal, has like the USA jacket. And it, that certainly was a cool moment. I'm with you. My match of the week certainly was the trios match last night. Kenny, Osprey, come on. You weren't going to, I mean, it was fantastic. But also a lot of fun last night. Uh, was the fatal four-way they had with Yuta, Roosh, um, Dante Martin, and Ray Phoenix. It was just, it was a match to preview the the ladder match coming up on Sunday, and you just had four really talented wrestlers who, in a quick fatal four-way match, just got to do a bunch of their highlights and a bunch of high spots. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it felt like they had no time for that match, but yes, it Correct. was a fun match. <laughs> yeah, that could be the main event at any time for me. I loved watching those four go. I thought it was tremendous. Uh, it's going to be all three of us are going to agree uh, that to see the um, United Empire and the Elite go at it, I think that was great. Only I think second best would be Camille against Taya Valkyrie. I saw that NWA show, NWA 74 uh, in St. Louis. Uh, so uh, that was the main event of night one for that. So I think that was – I thought they had a really good match. It elevated – Camille in a big way. And I thought that the uh, celebration of Roman Reigns on SmackDown at the end was, uh, I thought was very telling. Uh, just to see Roman Reigns uh, celebrating two years of being champion. This whole thing with Sami Zayn, you know, this what is leading, right? This whole thing with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens being a tag team. I think that that's something that we're going to see pretty soon. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, with, Sam, with Sami Zayn kind of not doing what the Usos want him to do, there's heat there, there's a problem. I like what I saw on SmackDown. I think that's the thing that really led on Friday night for me. Yeah, Sami Zayn is a Canadian treasure. He's absolutely fantastic. Okay. Um, pretty much anything they've asked him to do, he's been able to do. And actually giving him something maybe a little bit more serious with KO in, in an, a program with the Usos, yeah, absolutely sign me up for that, especially with the new direction that KO's character has taken. All right, we're going to have plenty to talk about. You know it. Next week right here on GKW, Clash of the Castle. Coming up on Saturday, 
You've got All Out for AEW coming up on Sunday. Then, of course, the uh, you know the, the shows when, when after that on Monday. When worlds collide, also that's right. Ricochet versus Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bate, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. So you got that Sunday as well. I'll tell you what, Rick Steiner's kid is in for a a real wrestling lesson against Tyler Bate. He's gonna learn. <laughs> don't get his ass whooped. That's gonna be interesting. And uh, and I, I told right before he went on the air, I did say, Gabe, like for the first time all year, I did click over to USA. It was after nine central. I'm like, they're still on. The overrun was like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, wow. let me just see what's going on. And like, okay, here's Ricochet, kind of heelish a little bit against Carmelo Hayes. That'll help Carmelo Hayes get over, I think, in a big way. But Road and Worlds Collide, we'll review that as well because that's interesting as well. By, by us, you mean Broitz, right? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> that, that's, of course. Of course. Like, <laughs> Not you and me. Like no, us, no, no. yeah. Like, I, <laughs> yes. I don't know about that. Like, that's, I mean, that seems more of a Brian thing to me. I mean, it's a royal us, but I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. really Broitz. I mean, I mean GKW as a podcast yes. is still going to review it. Yes. So we expect a full review of Road and Worlds Collide because – Gabe and I are not going to be watching that. Let's go. Not the sure. end of NXT UK, the end of an era on Sunday at 4 Eastern, I think. I'll have to figure out yeah. what time that starts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're, I mean, bring, bring your box of Kleenex. I know you're very torn up about NXT, NXT, NXT UK closing their doors to make way for NXT Europe. Uh, that'll be it for us here at JK, GKW. Please join us next week right here for another edition of Good Karma Wrestling.